Hello and welcome to the Riff Raff and Rory podcast. On this podcast, I aim to inspire change by speaking to people that I relate to and we'll be discussing a range of subjects and topics including trauma, adversity, healing and mental health and well-being. I cherish my inner being and I'm on a journey to stay grounded, living in the present, reflecting on the past and looking forward to the future. I'd just like to say hello again. I'm delighted to be back podcasting on a Sunday here of a bank holiday weekend. Wishing you all well. And I'm delighted that the new year brings new growth to the podcast. With the spring on the horizon, I spring into a new relationship with Magic Minds, a new sponsor who have joined the show. Magic Mind is a product that I've been taking for the last two weeks. I've tied it up into five key elements that I saw benefit in. The first being that it replaces three coffees. Secondly, it gave me a slow burning focus. Thirdly, it tastes damn good and as a coffee replacement. Fourthly, it gives you a balanced mood state. And lastly, it increased my productivity. I would highly recommend that you take Magic Mind for five days so you see the full effects kick in. If you would like to purchase this product, please go to magicmind.co forward slash or 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 with my discount code or 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 20. This week's guest is Laura Knoll. Laura Knoll is an executive business and personal development consultant who works with organizations and individuals to help streamline business processes while maximizing profits. She helps clients stretch their thinking in a way that opens them up to new possibilities. Prior to becoming an entrepreneur and CEO of her own company, Laura studied and taught personal growth, change management, and leadership over 27 years while serving in the United States Air Force. She has helped solidify goals and improve corporate culture within government agencies, the Department of Defense and Construction, technical insurance, and sales organizations. She is proud to serve as a transformational coach helping clients bridge the gap between feeling stuck and finding fulfillment in her life and career. Laura knows how to get results as she guides clients in overcoming the mindset blocks that keep them from realizing their true potential, purpose, lifelong dreams and legacy. Laura helps her clients gain a new level of self-confidence and become the leader others will want to follow, implementing a mix of science and psychology. She helps individuals and teams advance their current projects and careers and prepares them to successfully transition on to greater opportunities. As a certified Proctor Gallagher coach and a 27-year military leader, Laura Knoll helps high performers live empowered, fulfilling lives while all achieving their highest potential. She helps focus on what really matters so they can stop feeling out of control, become more effective with their time, and spend more time discovering what they'll love. On this note, I'd just like to mention that since this episode has been released and edited, Bob Proctor has passed. And I'd just like to bear a moment to remember him for all I've learned from him myself personally, for Laura, who I know has worked with him very closely, and for anyone that he has ever managed to inspire. Military. 
music, yoga, spirituality, human potential, Bob Proctor, mentoring, live and let go, having a voice, changing habits, clearing blockages, judgment on beliefs, supporting others, and grief. Welcome to the Riff Raff and Rory podcast. I am absolutely honored to be welcomed from the eastern side of the United States by a lovely guest. Laura, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I didn't even get the introduction based on your own geographical location and everything in the US, but maybe let the essence of our own introduction lead the way with that because we were just talking before we aired about all of the different things we like to bring into the show today, but maybe give our audience a general introduction uh, to where you currently are, where are you today, naturally, and um, how you are yourself. Okay, well, um, thank you. It's great to meet you, and I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to connect. I am living currently in Nashua, New Hampshire, which is on the East Coast, near Boston, Massachusetts. It's a kind of a bigger city near me. Um, I was in the military Air Force for almost 28 years, and as I retired, I was a commandant of a leadership school. So I was helping um, first and second line supervisors just um, step into their supervisory roles, and I had a, a team of instructors who worked with me. And um, at one point in my career, while I was serving in that role, I met my mentor, Bob Proctor, and you might be familiar with him if you've seen or read the book, The Secret. He's all over the place, just very well known in um, human potential and success. But once I started talking with him and learning his material, I, I was hooked. Uh, my life completely did a, a 180 and I decided to retire from the military. I was stationed in Hawaii at the time. I left the sunny beaches behind me and I started working with Bob Proctor and coaching mindset, success and performance. And so that is what I've been doing since 2017. I've been an entrepreneur since then and um, just living life to the fullest, giving in a way that I've never given before to causes that touch my heart. And just, you know, more importantly, having a, a, just a deeper level of fulfillment and joy in my life what, that I just didn't experience before. That is some list of honors. Wow. <laughs> um, where do I even start? Like that feels like a CV that would need a second roll of ink in terms of how much <laughs> achievements you've got. Um, so much to explore but yeah first of all as you mentioned uh there is the essence of obviously your mentor but the first thing i would even nearly come through with is we were nearly talking about blockages in terms of uh our conversation before we aired and i think in one essence maybe what you were leading to say naturally was the man that changed your life in terms of uh the knight in shining armor if you will but I would be curious to even reflect on what we just spoke about before we aired and try to get to know Laura before you met Bob. 
if we were to start there in terms of where was your life even before the military even uh, if we were to go back to Laura as a little girl like the reason I'm saying that is the essence of this podcast uh, all started and or is still going through uh, the connection between my inner child and uh, me as an adult uh, and it's all based around the well-being of spirituality physicality and emotional well-being so tying all of that together uh, what I'm trying to say maybe introduce is um, how does a little girl dream of ending up where you did and are now um, and how did all of that unfold oh my goodness well that's a big question but I I love it because you know um, I, I can remember back growing up, I always wanted to, I always dreamed of being a, a singer and kind of transforming myself into somebody else, almost like play acting. Um, my growing up was a bit tumultuous and it was just um, not, like I was definitely loved by my family, but it was a lot of arguing and a lot of just negativity in the household. So I would use singing kind of as an escape um, and pretend kind of that, you know, this is who I was and that what I was living was not the reality. Um, but it's interesting because when I did grow up and join the military, I didn't know that there were singers and musicians in the military, didn't know this. I remember early on, I, I had, um, I was very restless. I was always searching for something and never really felt connected to one thing or another in particular. Uh, I was always chasing squirrels and shiny objects, um, but I ended up joining the military because I was looking, searching for something, and I just wanted to leave and kind of start my life and, and start to build it from there. Um, but shortly after I was in there, I discovered that there was this music thing in the military, and I auditioned, and I became a vocalist with a touring entertainment group, sort of like a USO group. And then I was um, auditioned and I got accepted into the Air Force band as a vocalist. So I did that for a number of years, most of my career, probably about 15 of, of 15 to 17 of the years that I was in uh, before I actually transitioned into other careers and then the commandant when I retired. Um, but it's interesting because even in my service, my military career, I knew that my career would end at some point. So I always had this burning question, what's my purpose? What do I wanna be when I grow up? And in the later years of my military career, I was collecting degrees and certifications thinking, well, maybe I'll study this subject and then I'll become passionate about it. And that's what I'll do when I get out. And nothing ever stuck. But around 2015, I took a yoga teacher certification course. I always wanted to do it. Something was pulling at me. My intuition was guiding me. And I would always say, oh, you know, I, I have tuition assistance with the military. That's expensive. And they're not going to fund it. So I, it was so silly. I kept putting it off. But in 2015, I said, that's ridiculous. If I want something, I should go for it. Like I keep thinking about it. And that's what really opened my mind up to spirituality and my connection with God and the universe. And um, I started teaching yoga at my work center for colleagues. And I realized, oh my gosh, if I could bottle this 
yoga philosophy and mindset up into a curriculum, this is what I want to do. Well, then I met Bob Proctor, who was speaking uh-huh. about the conscious and subconscious mind. And I'm like, that's it. That's the curriculum. I had goosebumps. I was at a personal development seminar and I'm not, I'm friendly, but I'm not the one that's going to be the center of attention. Even though I was a singer, I'm not going to try to get the attention in a normal situation. But while he was speaking, I like shot up and I said, how do you know when you found your purpose? I'm collecting all these degrees and certifications. I'm not passionate about any of them. And he asked me some questions and then he said, give me your contact information. I have something that I think would be great for you. And that was it. I was planning on retiring from the military at that time in three years. But after I had that conversation with Bob, I submitted my retirement and got it approved in three months. And I started on this journey of being an entrepreneur and coach. So it's interesting how those pieces from childhood played into this evolution, really. Do you, do you think that really where you are now is like a little girl living her dream? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like that little girl back then was looking to find her voice. And back when I was growing up, it was kind of like, you know, sing a song. Like it was always on demand and on command. So it wasn't really my voice. It's like I was performing for somebody else to be, you know, approved of or to get that approval. And that did, that did follow me even when I was a singer, I didn't have joy in it, even though it looked like I did. And I was a good performer, but now um, through working through this work and this mindset work that I coach, I found my voice and I found that little girl and, and feel that love for her. So it's, you know, some of the things that I'm doing did back then I'm doing now, but with a different sense of joy that I didn't experience previously because I wasn't truly comfortable with myself. Wow. And I think that sense of um, being uncomfortable is probably a really nice way to get some insight on like, say, obviously you were heavily involved and very successful. And I love the way use the voice really like um i was on a call this morning and i even have the word sorry before i go to this uh, redefining purpose on a sheet here beside me um just on like a little keyword note that to help reimagine i suppose and refine your own identity maybe or and our goal vision pathway you know all the say highway of life if you will and um the question that I was thinking is like, if you're aligning your vision, really, I suppose, getting to that, um, that we're coming back to, I suppose, for anyone that hasn't any awareness around Bob Proctor, um, if we're to keep it very simple, we can always roll a, a bit more of an introduction on it. But basically what we're talking about is that building out your um, life, you have a number of areas, you have your thoughts, you have your beliefs and you have your actions, the TBA. So all of that rolls into your attitude. And in that sense, everyone would nearly question, like I had a lovely conversation this morning about addiction and like we're all addictive by nature. Like it's a very easy way to form habits. And the one thing I really like about what I was going to say a few minutes ago was that what you're sharing is like someone's dream. Like You got to say such heights, but then you were able to let go 
So my question is, in that journey that you literally could have pl- plausibly just sailed off into the sunset, you actually started to redefine everything. So you were faced by, like all of the emotions came up again. And I'm sure you were able, even like naturally leading into a completely unknown um, environment where like I think of this in career terms as like massively something that anyone could struggle with in life, like a transformation and or, and or transition. And I think if you don't do this um, with the support of other people, it can be very hard. Um, and that's where, you know, people struggle and or like really do end up in a lot of places in life. Um, like even Bob used this there on the example earlier where you could end up on the street, like literally speaking, you could lose everything. And I know myself on my own journey to give you a bit of insight, Laura, like I have lost everything over times in my life. Like I've been to the worst scope of um, the depths of life. And the reason I'm bringing that in is because coming from a very well and warm say childhood like a nice upbringing if you will I've learned the hard way having fallen off the ladder and rebuilding that that's why I feel at a timely time in this year it's a lovely time to have a conversation like this because what I'm getting to you maybe is the essence of what you introduced before we spoke in terms of maybe blockages and letting go because naturally at the end of a year everyone gets very reflective and they come into the holiday season and probably this is even triggered in terms of like Thanksgiving that everyone thinks it's all marketed like as it is and very, you know, positive, but there also is the negative. I think the negative chapter is the real scope for interest and our curiosity for the hopeful learnings that you can bring forward into the next year. So what I'm trying to maybe ask is in a really long winded way, giving some context to it is how do you approach like letting go in your own past for example, the time with the Navy, and then reaffirm yourself to think, right, there's a completely new chapter of Laura here starting, and you have to really learn a new identity. Yeah, yeah. Well, it first I know, and it, I just want everyone to believe and understand that it doesn't matter what you've done in the past, what mistakes you've made, what challenges you've encountered, what your degrees and certifications are, your past does not define you. You choose how you want to be defined. If you want to do something, even if you don't have the skills to do it yet, you'll acquire them. You'll acquire them either through your own learning or through connecting with people who have those skills to help you advance your goals. So it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It's so that has to be embedded in your mind first, and then you can start dreaming and thinking about, well, you know, who do I want to be next year if we're thinking about, or five years from now, um, what experiences do I want to have? What, how do I want to, um, be spiritually in my connection with spirit? Um, what do I want to be earning? How do I want to give? What's my legacy and start dreaming, there and create from there, not from what you've done in the past. Now, I like to use my memory in a positive way to reflect and think about what am I thankful for? What went well this year? You know, what what do I want to take with me into the new year? Because, you know, there are not, 
nothing is all bad, nothing is all good. So there's aspects of your constitution and the way you're being now that will serve you moving to the next level. But then there are also aspects of, of your life that got you where you are today that you would do well to release. So I, I use this time to reflect, okay, what, what is working and what is going to bring me to that next level, that dream, and what might be holding me back? What do I, what do I really know that I, I just need to let go of? Because we can't expect anything new to emerge or manifest if we're holding on to all this baggage, like a squirrel hoarding nuts. We can't, we can't have our mouth full of acorns if and expect to take another one if, if we're full, full up. Right. <laughs> It's so interesting because I was even looking at a very interesting video that shared out to my mother, uh, the beloved uh, woman that brought me into the world. Uh, she sent me over a video today on uh, planet Earth. Uh, I'm not sure if you've come across the series that said David Attenborough, but uh, the clip was just all about wolves in some national park in, uh, I think, either the US or Canada. But basically, uh, the wolves were re-released into this park, right? And the benefits even from the wolves being re-released changed the whole landscape of the park in so many different ways, like from so many different examples that basically it's like anything that from one change on a subtle introduction of something new, the whole environment changed. Like the beauty of the real crux of even say, for example, the river in the park recovered. Like all of the benefits that came in a ripple effect all re-blossomed to use the term naturally um beyond even the foresight of someone even thinking right we're going to re-release the wolves into the like wild if you will and why i'm bringing that in is because as i mentioned before we aired that i'm currently doing the 12 steps right and recovery in any way shape or form i think can be used in so many different forms and um, we don't have to think of it as like an addictive side of something that you might have had that was very destructive in your life you could use this with any habit you know, anything that's destructive or not constructive, really, to use a better phrase, in your life. Um, and with that in mind, it's very easy to identify to ourselves. And I know a lot of um, the work that's involved in this world is all based around, like I was even thinking on self-imagery today or anything to do with self-reflection for any of you that haven't come in across this. It could be something as simple as trying to talk positively to yourself in the mirror as an exercise. Another coach that I've worked with uh, as I mentioned before, I aired another simple thing that I've been doing recently in terms of the little things that you can change in your day is like set an alarm for every hour and analyze your thoughts or analyze your, your actions. Um, even more recently, I've spun my own little adoption on it because I this year have been diagnosed as bipolar type two. So I've taken that in my stride. And what I do is every hour, some days I would just manage my mood by thinking of every time the alarm goes off am i up or down but like all of this insight gives you very good clarity even today swinging back into the world reminding myself that you know from optimism to think right i need to detox just reintroduce fasting there's so many different ways that you can add the essence of creativity to your environment and i think the reason like i'm bringing all this in is because if you think about, say, negative thinking, you mentioned that earlier, we all think, oh, if we feel low and or not great, like especially leading into the holidays, 
we might just like release this and spend and urge to go off on a spree, go drinking, or there's some sort of addictive habit that might creep in and just not make us feel authentically good in our own selves. And with that in mind, like that's where like something like a fasting, like a flush gives the essence for your mind and our body and spirit to really connect. And you let yourself think really living your day to day in a life that no joke, if you do work it properly and this type of work properly, you, as you said earlier, can nearly align yourself to a new career, but your whole subconscious life becomes your conscious awareness. And that's what I love about it. What you're starting to dream about at night becomes your reality. All these little seeds start to come up. All these ideas that you're talking about, you go from being someone that maybe might talk the talk to walking the walk. Action followed by action. That's the mantra in a lot of ways in terms of recovery from addiction. So like what I'm trying to bring in there is I'm definitely in that space now where I'm trying to let go of a lot of old tendencies and habits and different things that didn't serve me well. Now, as you said, all roads lead to where we are now, which is the most important thing in staying present in this, that they're always going to be there. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. And I do definitely relate to that where people always think, oh, I can beat myself up, I can catastrophize, I can be very hard on myself. There's so many examples. And what we're trying to maybe remember is that we have to like be empathetic. We have to have compassionate ideas and or visions to everything in life. We have to have good energy. We have to be honest. And then we literally have to live and let go. And that's why I'm coming to, I love the phrase that I was using over the autumn, letting go. Like the nature and the beauty and the essence of winter really gives us the idea of if you think of nature and a vision for a second like the essence the essence of the season changing that they naturally will like go out of their way to grow the next year right so like, so the tree's not saying oh should i hang on to these leaves yeah. no they're yeah. letting them go so, <laughs> so like, they can transform where, where i'm coming to maybe in the same timeline would be like this year I never even would have foreseen this time last year that I would have had this opportunity, a podcast. Like you mentioned before we aired that you have a book coming online. Where, where, where does even the vision or the journey with putting your own narrative to paper start? Well, and that's interesting because um, I didn't have, remember I, in the beginning of my story, I didn't feel like I had a voice. Yeah. And so growing into that voice, but it, when you have a vision for who you want to become, and you're talking about habits, and we're talking about letting go of some ones that aren't serving us, it's not that I am that we should be thinking, oh, I have this negative habit, I have this bad habit. Like we're just aware and then we let it go, but we can let it go much easier when we're focused on the person or the the vision of the person we want to become. Um, doing the things that we're doing. And when we are more engaged with that vision, and that's what we're feeding our mind, you'll find that those attributes will come to the surface. Those attributes that are already inside of you, that are that person you want to become, will start to emerge. And you'll start taking on and adopting those habits. So for me, consequently, as a person that was stepping into her voice, um, I am more in tune with who I am on a deep visceral level. I'm, I'm more in tune with listening to my intuition guiding me. And I remember being at 
one of Bob Proctor's events and um, a lady by the name of Peggy McCall was talking. And when she was talking, I was so connected with what she was saying. And I started to kind of cry. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm in front of all these people. And I started to jot down a title and chapters and um, all of the, yeah, the book and the chapters of like what would be in each one. So that was like the first indication. Oh my gosh, this is all inside of me. And look, I'm letting it flow out of me. So um, I think two parts. One is I had the vision of who I wanted to become and stepping into that person and using my voice. And then I became her. That's really, but it takes work because we're conditioned to look backwards. What didn't work? What do I need to change? Instead of looking forward okay, I did that, let it go, it's done, it's finished. Now, what do I wanna create? Who do I wanna become? What do I wanna pull from within myself? And if you were to lean on that for a minute, like all of your experience through performance and performing and being in the environment of a very high professional, let's say discipline naturally, may have developed huge resilience, I'm sure. Um, How does all that, um experience uh help you in terms of now becoming a coach i mean it helps me understand other people better um because when when you understand yourself and you're constantly studying yourself and i love that you said kind of using reflexivity how am i feeling right now am i up or down or you know what am i thinking right now and so you get an indication you're using mindfulness so you're studying yourself. So the more you study yourself, the more you can understand others and you can be more aware of some of their blind spots and understand kind of what questions to ask them to get them thinking on a deeper level. So it's not that I'm telling somebody what to do because I learned as a coach to listen, to be coached, but the coaching that I received was more I was learning how to tap into my own inner wisdom and that connection with God or universe and listen to it and trust it. So I'm asking questions of them to get them to tap into their inner wisdom and their connection with their higher self, the universe, God. Yeah, I love it. And I love the way I was saying nearly earlier about blockages and everything. And I was going to use the example of bringing in a blockage, as I said to myself, that I was actually nearly avoiding in one way uh, a chapter of self-reflection and or you know analyzing one of the steps in the AA but I think with that in mind and just to give context I'm not trying to avoid it basically I'm using an excuse for anyone that's listening to just not actually print off a document to actually progress in one chapter of my life like it's amazing the excuses that we can just tell ourselves and it becomes part of oh yeah so that's a that excuse but like in another way, I really like how you can actually think outside the box in another blockage because, for example, there's another interview process that I'm just about to start and I creatively was trying to get in contact with the recruiter and now the recruiter wasn't coming back to me, but I was thinking, right, I've already connected with someone internally in the department in the London op- or Dublin office. How can I get through to the uh, London office to actually speak to the recruiter? So I use my skills as a sales uh, account executive and I rang the London office earlier before this call using the Bob Proctor approach spoke to the individual and got her internally to send him an email 
whatever way it happens, it's all about approaching things from a different angle. And if we can use creativity in the essence of being in a positive place, um, ironically speaking, I am so blindsided by literally what's just happening now, right? I am literally recording a podcast and no joke, we've just lost video for I what happened there is I just saw a phone call coming in from the UK and naturally I lost, I think I'm going to keep going with this because naturally I lost that for a second. What just happened there for those of you who are listening and that dropped out, I don't think I'll even edit this. I got a call, no joke, I, my phone just rang from the UK and I guarantee you that was a recruiter. No joke. This is, and it's a voicemail popping up on my phone. So what we're trying to say here and using this example is if you use your initiative, if you back yourself and actually think with your intuition, you literally can solve blockages. So what I'm coming to is I'd love to see an example of how do you, Laura, unwind and iron out a blockage? Mm. I come back to my my vision of what I want. I mean, I I told this story a million times when I first started my business. Um, I you know I had my financial goal. I at least coming out of the gate wanted to earn six figures in my career as a coach to feel comfortable leaving my job. Um, and as I did that, what I noticed was my husband was going to get an assignment somewhere else, even though he was also trying to retire, it would have impacted our income tremendously, like in a negative way. And as I started freaking out about this in my mind, I had a couple of clients, uh, credit card payments decline. They didn't go through. And then I was like, Oh my God, you know, I, <laughs> where are the clients going to come from there? Uh, where's the money going to come from now you're moving and we're not, ah, I was freaking out. And, and so that was a blockage. I was having a blockage around money and a fear of um, not having enough being in a scarcity mindset of things not working out for me. And after a couple of days, it was like these hits kept coming. And I said, Laura, shut up, stop it, sit your butt down and think about what you do want. And so I meditated for 15 minutes about the end result of me having joy and serving clients and the money's there and, and it feels easy and effortless and joyful and we're living our best life. Well, the next day, um, those two clients, they reached out to me and asked for their balance and, and paid it in full. So they weren't even doing monthly payments anymore. They're like, can I meet you for coffee? And I'm like, okay. He's like, I just want to give you a check. And I'm like, okie dokie. <laughs> and then my husband's assignment got canceled too. So we didn't you know, have to separate and have two households and then have that decline in our pay. So I'm, you know, it, I'm not saying that it's magical. I'm saying that it's energy. And when we're, when our energy is focused on the problem, that's a blockage. Yeah. And when we shift our energy and focus it on the end result, we don't have to know all the, all the solutions, but when we focus on the end result, what do we want? How do we want this to unfold? I'm telling you the solutions will become apparent to you. They'll show up in ways 
that you least expect it and um, and having faith. So getting clear on what the end result is and then having faith, you know, having faith or being in a state of fear requires that you believe in something you can't see. So if given the choice between fear, which was what I was giving in that first example or faith, you know, when I sat down and meditated, I'm going to choose faith every time. And that was a really valuable lesson for me. I love that because when you have faith in yourself, um, like I, as I said earlier, got diagnosed earlier this year and I'd love to get your insight on like, say if someone gets a diagnosis or an illness and I'm sure like anyone, not that it changes anything really, you know, you're still the person that you are. Like I come from, as I said, chapters with the AA where people could identify as being an addict or an alcoholic or whatever, but that's not everyone. Like, as in say, not everyone struggles with addiction, but what I'm trying to say, sorry, is that's not what that person is all about. Like there is another side to people. Like people don't need to be labeled and hold on to that. And yes. my question is, in some form, naturally, we all try and identify, like we all play different roles in our lives. Like that's completely fair. And like naturally, as we're talking about, like, you know, your own CEO, author, entrepreneur, like, you know, A-lister in terms of all of the identity that you have. But I love going back to the little girl because before all of this happened, you were just a little girl. And I think everybody, like I was a little boy, before all of our chapters in our lives grow um through say stages of development or whatever it is we are all just like kids in a playground and we're all fair we all love each other we love fight hug kiss whatever there's no um we'll say judgment and what i'm trying to come to is when you're working with people or working with yourself or whatever it is how do you manage and or like help or advise or structure maybe vulnerability and judgment? Mm, well, you know, part of our paradigm or our paradigm comes from the generations preceding us. So, you know, if you think about but from the time you were born till like you were six or seven, your mind was wide open. So you're watching what's going on around you, the things that your parents or your caretakers said or did. And that's becoming a part of your belief system. And also, um, you know, that learned voice of judgment. We weren't born with that. You know, I, I think babies have a couple of fears, like being left alone and falling. That's it. The rest of the fears are man-made. We're, mm -hmm. we're learning them, that learned voice of judgment and criticism. So on one side, this isn't to finger point or place blame, but a lot of the beliefs that we have were passed down to us. The cool thing is, is, is that if they're not serving us, we can change them. So that learned voice of criticism, we can change that. And I love that you said, you know, in a lot of these things where we get a diagnosis, like we label ourselves as that. But what if, you know, instead of saying I'm an alcoholic, what if I said instead, I fill my body with healthful drinks, or I like to have a clear mind. And, you know, so that's like a different, that's a different feeling than saying something else and labeling ourselves. So we can change how we see ourselves and we can change those beliefs and those criticisms that we grew up with. 
once we, mm. but we have to become aware that we even have them to begin with. And I think even using the idea of this time of the year, like if we think of anyone in a bigger city, I think Bob used the idea of people in Chicago that are like not given the opportunity for shelter, for example. Everyone has a basic human right. Even my friend was saying it last night, like in terms of just renting, everyone, basic human need, everyone should have a roof over their head. And we could easily solve these problems. I know I'm not going to go into global, you know, catastrophes and all that sense. More so what I'm trying to say is that with the passion that we all have as individuals, we're all given a voice. Like every country in the world fights for independence and freedom. We all fight for our own freedom. There was even a time this year where with my diagnosis being detained, I had that loss for an element of nearly three weeks. In that chapter, the reason I'm bringing that in is that having a scared little boy in the back of a van and or truck, if you use it in the US term, being brought into a hospital, it's one of the defining chapters this year, but I'm not going to be like looking at that, saying it next year that it was a defining part of my life. It's just a turning point. It's a simple part that at the time I wanted to run away from Ireland. I've run away and even using Chicago, this is another example, in my own mental, call it awareness and or life, if you want to even use the word illness is probably a better word, that I one time in 2019 um, just boarded a flight and flew to Chicago, packed my bags, emptied my bank account and left. Why did I do that? Because I wanted to get away. I was running away from really myself and I just wanted to get away. Now, this was all coming from a very dark chapter with a lot of suicidal ideation and actions behind it. And thank God I'm here for this narrative to be lived and help others. And it even shows me where I've come from, that today, for example, I was able to leave an AA meeting this morning and stay on and get a call from an, a fellow member and help him. And like it comes back to a coach. You go from being someone that needs support to supporting others. I think that is one of the nicest hugs that I have joined in this year alone, is becoming the part of a chain of support in fellowships. Because like be it support groups or groups that we're working with here or mentors or coaches, like we did a lovely episode. Uh, the first episode I did uh, was all around mentorship. And like, you know, if you think of, um, sorry, the second episode we did with Craig, apologies, and Dean was all around mentorship and nearly the life of masculinity when, say, if someone has no father figure in their life, like how defining that can be in someone's life. It's so, so important that we remember. And I think this is not alone for masculinity. Like This is equally said for feminine, um, call it women in the world, that I think men are just not as good at talking. And like it leads to so many problems in terms of like health and or life in general. But what I'm really trying to bring in is the essence of communication and maybe the idea of fellowships. Like yes. if, if people come together, like if we think of Thanksgiving, right? What is Thanksgiving really about coming together and being with people that you love? Yeah, that's, you know, that's critical because you can only take you as far as your level of awareness will take you. And when you are with like-minded people or people you aspire to be like in some aspect of your life and you're creating that 
that community around you. Um, you can become aware of blind spots. You can be have other people lift you up and you lift them up because everybody's going to be at a different point in their journey. You can become aware of things that you might like or like to be, do, or have because you, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Or, wow, I never thought of wanting something <laughs> like that or to do something like that. And you become aware. So you're, you're building on each other in that community and everybody's growing and evolving together. But when we're alone, we don't have that. We don't have somebody, We, I mean, they're called blind spots for a reason and we all have them, but we can't be alerted to them unless we're, you know, connecting with other people and, um, you know, the right people, you know, it's some people can be kind of like crabs in a bucket where, you know, you're trying to pull yourself up and they're pulling you back down. So you want to be very deliberate in who you're surrounding yourself with, but that that's uh, it's essential to growth. Oh my God. Actually, I forgot to say actually that I'm actually flying over to Boston in January and I'm actually going up to Vermont. So uh, wow. yeah, that is uh, not too far away. It's actually just over a month away. Uh, I have a lot of family and our friends. Uh, we spent two summers in Rhode Island. Uh, oh my gosh. In, in uh, my family's in Rhode Island. Oh, nice. Nice. My, yeah. friend, my friend that I'm flying over to is in Bristol. Oh my goodness. Oh, we're, we're like neighbors practically. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, that's like part of, I, I, I've been, I've been up uh, camping actually now that I think about it in uh, New Hampshire, as far as I know, up in the mountains, I've right in saying The that. White Mountains. Yep. Yeah. We went up there and there's a whole scary chapter with bears and whatnot, but oh um, the reason I am saying that is that when I look at even the chapters of like setting something forward uh, in motion like that in the new year, like setting yourself something to like help carry yourself forward in terms of like a lot of people will see like the Christmas blues or, you know, whatever it might be that we like now naturally are very lucky and I barely will be able to scrape that holiday. I know why I will be literally by the cent or minute getting that opportunity to go. Uh, luckily, ironically, I get paid on the day I'm traveling, which is brilliant. But what I'm saying is like I had that goal originally and I had to pull out of it. I had to change my flight and all these things come in with lockdowns. And we're so fortunate in the first world to be able to do all these first world problems, if you will. What I'm trying to maybe get to more so is that if you look at cultures across the world, right, the Aborigines come to mind because um, in their own essence, they managed to work their working week in 16 hours. The female uh, lead in the tribe would have managed everything. The man was only there to hunt. So naturally, women are the born leaders in the world. Like mm -hmm. this is just a contrast. And I'm not trying to stroke your ego on this. I'm just trying to admire it because more so the natural leaders in life are women. Like whether we like it or not, naturally the male ego will play that down, you know, but I really do aspire and look to a lot of women in my life as the main points of support. Oh, yeah, that's great. Well, you know, the interesting thing too is, you know, we all have that masculine and feminine energy in yeah. us. And so, yeah. you know, awareness again is key. Like you have a high level of awareness. So you can tap when you have awareness, you have a choice, mm. you know, what does, so 
sometimes we can get stuck in, if I act this way, then this is who I am. But maybe if we shift who we are in the context and we bring forth that energy, that more feminine energy in this context or that more masculine energy in this context, um, it, it's not that we're not being who we are. It's actually, we're tapping into the full essence of who we are, oh, every okay. aspect of who we are. Like I did a retreat earlier in the summer and it's all around, I'm not sure, I think it's similar to what we were talking about earlier, but like family constellations and like a lot of uh, Gabor Mate's work um, in terms of uh, transgenerational trauma and uh, a lot of that work connected to an opportunity that I was able to go through with energy, like in terms of your family history, bringing up all of the past history, but living it through naturally with no support of any substance, this is like a lot of, you know, other worlds with, you know, psychedelic type experiences. I've done them before, but like in a reason that I'm bringing this in is that with a masculine experience for anyone listening out there, there is so much work like that. Even one of my guests that I brought up earlier, Craig does one um, with men without masks. They all go up the mountains for a few days of fellowships. Brilliant. Women do this wholesale every day in communities. Why I'm saying this is that there was an opportunity even on that weekend that with all of the men in the group, uh, we just had one little circle and we had one little wish that we were able to share that we wanted to do. All I wanted to do when it was my turn, outside of listening to everyone else and learning, was all I wanted to do was create a bit of energy. And there's one really good thing in the world of rugby that a lot of fellowships, and this comes from tribal experiences that a lot of islanders bring to rugby, in terms of the Pacific Islanders, Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, and all those islands, that I think even Hawaii brings this essence of like the mana and the real depth of culture comes from islands, I think, in so many ways. So beautiful. And this is coming back to your performance with singing, voicing our dance, celebrating life, moving. Like it's all part of bringing up a lot of our vision to life. Like it's so important. Even I said on the call with uh, a fellow uh, member of the AA this morning that I brought it out of him. He was like, how do I get out of a caffeine world and how do I stop? actually turning to coffee and he was like i need to move i was like hold that there for a second you just answered your own question you move through it like a conversation like this how do i help myself move on from it this is probably what i'm coming to is the yoga you mentioned earlier yoga yoga's essence even through sad guru or anyone in that world is all to do about becoming whole the whole essence of meditation and moving and connecting and flowing even to use the maori way of flow it is so so important that we can create that natural essence of those those energy shifts and all of these different paradigms that start to create uh, different flows and what i'm trying to get your maybe uh, side of it on your own experiences is with like yoga and Pilates and all these other different chapters, I'm sure anyone tries and dabbles in. It's amazing when you actually learn the difference between just like, say, exercising, like going for a walk maybe, or actually connecting with the experience beyond yeah. what it just is. So like that's what I'm maybe thinking. Like, do you use that type of experience, like say with yoga and all that, when you're working with the Bob Proctor world, like th does that transfer? I think it does. I mean, I think 
that in particular, anything that you're doing with movement could be a moving meditation. Yeah. You know, you could, oh, I want to get through this workout and then kind of disassociate from it, which then you're not even experiencing it. Or, you know, what I find is when I am in movement, um, if I'm going for a walk in nature, and th those are the times when I'm most connected with myself. And those are the times where the creativity will come out, where I'm not yeah. trying, but yeah. I'm just being. Beautiful. Because I think in that say presence, I think what we said earlier at the start was you're actually in that space that you're allowing everything to happen. Yes. Yes. You're allowing. Yep. You're not blocking and you're not supporting. And like one of the three key words I keep bringing in um, to my work life is anticipation. You're, you're allowing like yourself to be proactive, anticipate, and then essentially be proactive. Yep. Yeah. And so really anything that do things that bring you joy because that will unblock, unblock your creativity. So when you feel blocked, when you're working on something and you feel like I have to push through this, it's counterintuitive to push away from your desk and go for a walk in nature or go to the spa or say, you know what? I'm done for the day. Even mm -hmm. I'm going to go take a nap, but I promise you in those moments when you feel blocked, you are blocked. So mm -hmm. do something that brings you joy and lowers the resistance in your mind, when you come back, that task that you're working on will just flow. Like, I can't oh, even yeah. tell you. Oh, yeah. yeah, like podcasts, you you have an idea of what you want to talk about in podcasts. I write an outline. So I might have my podcast producer and I'm going to the studio and I haven't sent her anything. And then the morning of that, you know, the day that I'm going to go record, I might record four episodes I meditate and then I'm like, and I'm, it's like the episodes come out and then I'm like, here you go. I'll see you in 20 minutes. And, it's and what, like, where, yeah. where, where, where does your correlation? I love the podcasting experience because like, I think a lot of this comes in in your experience, to be honest. And um, I'd love to get a bit more insight on where, where that came from. Actually, I think it's a now similar conversation, what we were saying earlier about, you know, producing uh, the written piece in your book but my question is like that. I think it's creating the platform is what I'm saying. Going back to maybe as your little uh, image that keeps coming to mind as you as a little girl, because you're, you're now podcasting, but you're just a little girl with a microphone. Yeah. 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 And it just gives you that voice. Like, so now mm -hmm. you're actually allowed the space or you've created the opportunity more so to, uh, perform your magic through every yeah. means of what we've talked about. Yeah. And it's, you know, to be in service. So it's not, yeah. I just want people to take and, and learn and grow and enjoy. Um, but I'm not, it's a different feeling than before where I was performing for yeah. approval. Yes. Yes. You're, you're there more so to, serve and i think when you actually yeah. learn to embrace that we're all here like i love the phrase that sagar uses that we're just a speck of dust in time if we're here to serve humanity and work together like this collaboration across the ocean thank god technology has been the generation that we're in and the enabling support that we have to get through it 
um, it really does give us such a graceful time in life that I think if you look at pandemics or if you look at COVID in any shape or form, that we're literally living through a subconscious change and shift in a paradigm in the present say environment day by day especially during the lockdowns, like all the different fears that were brought up when people were forced to stay at home. Yeah. It's absolutely ironic. And it relates so much to mental illnesses. I relate to that so much. And the people identify with it, they're always banging on about in different support groups that I go to. I can't wait for COVID to be over. But I always think of it and I go, hold on a second. Is it not similar to when people isolate themselves? People lock up, people get self-destructive, people can't cope. They shut themselves off. It's exactly what now the world needs to help change certain paradigms about certain environments, like be it for mental health, for example. The shift that's come on people supporting that now is incredible. Like I work in my current role in my current job, and like we have a mental health officer, we have I have a therapist twice a week through work. It's unbelievable. Like. And that's just from working. And if you even look at what you were saying earlier, and um, I'm conscious of our time, it's like that what we have from basically starting a structured routine. Like I'm off today, technically speaking, I will be working tonight for a little part. It's where what we can actually realize was always in front of us is what we need. I, I would have always been one to think, I'll go off and do this and I'll be like that. Yeah. Do my own thing. But when I actually submitted and think, and I thought, and I always keep saying this, that Rory, the way that I had been living my life was not going to get me to where I need to go. Like it was brilliant for 30 years. It's great fun, a lot of memories, but there's a lot of destruction there. And now understanding, yes, it's easy to identify to people and say, yes, I have bipolar or whatever. But like, I don't want that to be the defining part of anything that I want to see it as a blockage i want to see that as an opportunity to give back for example through the podcast to help others share their narrative and not even to use that it's more so it can be a platform that as one of my therapists kept saying to me to like, worry you have to realize that like i was even having a conversation with a client the other day like say for example through slavery all the different things in american history for example and our irish history things came as a result of a lot of work of a lot of people say like big buildings and architecture, for example, or even like more so uh, the level of where we are now for like, call it the American independence. How many years were people fighting for that? More importantly now, for the example as I'm using, not to, dip, not to knock the American independence, I'm more so saying that like say for uh, bipolar is now classed as a disability. And what actually that comes with in terms of benefits. And I'm like, rather than resisting the, uh, identity with that if you embrace it you get more support again so it's like it what, what what could be a resistance and a blockage becomes a major chapter of support in so many ways yeah it's like, i think if you separate it yeah it's like yeah. The, you know this is something i'm dealing with but it's not who i am Correct. and i'm willing to accept a support and build from this um exactly. that's a really great way to to look at it because it's not whatever we, whatever diagnoses we have in any area of our life. That's not who we are. No, right. It, it's it's not. It's just, you know, I I love Bob always says, let the doctor 
you know, deal with this and you don't worry and dwell on it, but you take care of yourself and do the things, but then you focus on, all right, well, where am I directing my energy? And and I'd I'd love to hear maybe in final thoughts of this, where your um, coaching side of life now where you are could help people um, and this is both male and f- male and female um, that are struggling in all forms of life. And this is not just in terms of illnesses. This could be in any way, shape or form, and especially leading up to the holidays. Like, how, how, how would you position yourself as a point of support? And maybe what advice would you give to people if they are struggling? And it's more important for people that are struggling to actually have a voice that we talked about throughout this whole episode to give people that voice, I think, is the most important piece in a lot of us. Yeah, I I would say, you know, if you're ready to make some changes and do something different than you've been doing and you feel like you're stagnant and stuck in some aspect of your life, connect with a coach or a mentor um, or a support group that's that's either where you are in some aspect of your life where you want to be and uh, don't do it alone because we can... There's no glory in doing things alone. I used to believe that there was. I did it myself, but I'm exhausted and I'm miserable and I have no friends, you know, (laughs) because I've been working too hard. So, you know, life can be so much more rich and you can have more of an impact in the world than you can imagine. And it doesn't take more work. It actually takes less work when you leverage a good coach or a mentor because we're trained to kind of help you compress time. Mm. So that's what I would say. If you, you know, a good coach or a mentor will help draw out what's already inside of you. You have everything you need, uh, but you don't have to do it alone. That's the, that's the biggest takeaway. And I I think over the holidays, I remember this came to to life before in terms of like, I know my finances myself, for example, are quite tight going into the holidays. I think the essence of meditation, as we mentioned earlier, is like, it's so important to be present rather than presence, like as in buying big, you know, fancy material items. If we can just be there in person, I know from my own past experiences over Christmases that I've had, mood management is one of my main concerns in terms of just balancing. Like, I think this is said for anyone to be fair, but in terms of how it fluctuates so uh, rapidly, um, and knowing now that I'm in a good place going into the holidays, that's all I want is peace of mind. And I yeah. think if, as you said, someone is searching for maybe the next best thing or whatever it is, just busyness can get in the way of a lot of this. I think the dream that I have always come true through to actually realize what I wanted in life is right in front of me. Like, yeah. I will enjoy the journey of wherever my life goes. I'm so grateful for where we are here talking this evening um, or this morning, I should say, your side, your side of it and or now into the afternoon. Yeah. It's like where that if I can achieve and maintain, it's not always going to stay the same, a steady balance of some sort of clarity in my mind, I know I can be myself. And yeah. that, yeah. I think, is something that probably would be one point on my final question to see if we could gain any insight from someone that's been through your years of service. Like, how do you maintain such clarity in your mind 
over such a long career of service and be able to like live that with a smile on your face? Um, really, honestly, I, I'll just give you a quick snapshot in time from mid November to now. Um, I had a little surgery exploratory thing. I got hit with COVID, a trip got canceled, a family member passed away. I had three final papers due in my doctoral program during this time. And then I got hit with another biopsy, like in a, like within a, a few weeks of each other. And I, I'm so grateful that I never abandoned my meditation practice. And meditation, if you're not used to meditation, it could just be sitting quietly and breathing. Yeah. Um, but it enabled me to see and have faith that the universe is for us, not against us. Yeah. And everything that happened to me, it, I'm grateful for. Getting COVID, I'm grateful for because it caused my trip to get canceled, which enabled me to go see my father-in-law before, um, while he was in hospice and before he passed, I, that wouldn't have happened. It enabled me to slow down and get a bunch of sleep because I pushed myself too hard. So I saw in the moment as things were unfolding, the gratitude and the reasons to be grateful, even in the face of something that Oh, what's the lesson here? All right, let me unplug and let me just be present. So I'm grateful for that. So connecting with yourself, carving the time out for yourself is so important. That's going to help you stay focused and balanced and yeah. focus on what's really important. You know? Absolutely. Well, and sorry for your loss. And thank you. The timing of COVID, but I think you've answered it in such abundance like you were yep. graceful and received the gifts of say suffering and yep. constructively use that opportunity as a point of optimism to build into your next chapter and I suppose where we are right now is just say 10 days out from Christmas and not too long away from the end of the year so maybe to set the next step in mind, nearly using the business mind on this. Um, what are you, say, looking forward to in 2022? Um, and I want to leave this on a closing note more so it's not even a question. Like, where are you going in the next year, which is a question in itself, but um, in what you just shared, it shows that you can come from somewhere really um, busy stop have a load of difficulty and suffering going on but now look to it already and hearing it in your voice tone manner and how you carry yourself through this interview and our podcast episode or whatever we want to call it chat more so to be honest it's that you're looking forward with positive optimism and that is something to be inspired and admired yeah i you know i just feel a, a deeper connection to god um, and I look forward in the new year to, to building on that and deepening it even more, because as I was going through this past month, I, like, I would kind of have tears and be like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this. I can see it. Thank you for helping me see why this is unfolding the way it is. And that just tells me that I'm just deepening my connection, you know, with source and with myself. And so that's what I look forward to. And, you know, 
I am a type A kind of overachiever. I came from that background, but the push was because I was proving to myself that I was good enough. So I was looking outside of myself um, to find fulfillment. And now I find it in myself or my passion or what I'm guided to do. Um, so I'm just looking forward to a year of having more impact and giving in a bigger way to getting my book out there to having stopping and smelling the roses and having more ease and flow in the work that I'm doing. Wow. Well, I hope in terms of, I'm not sure where the book will be if I get over in a few weeks, if it's ready for a copy uh, to be collected in person, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, will definitely keep it on the radar over that direction. But um, in closing thoughts to today, um, I am absolutely blown away. And so, uh graceful i think is the word in the essence of the spirit that you've lifted and brought such simplicity to such a nice time of the year um in difficulty for a lot of people and no truer in my own way i won't hide it that i've had a difficult few weeks myself um but i think conversations like this really do remind you of the beauty that the world is working with us rather than against us and for anyone out there that feels the opposite it's the last thing you want to hear at this time of the year. But you have to remember that you'll be looking back, please God, on this conversation like I will be listening to it in a few weeks when we're editing it and thinking, yeah, that actually was a really nice conversation. And it brings a smile to your face. And Laura, that's exactly what you've done. And I can say nothing other than thank you for that. Or as we say, ask Welga in the Gaelic form of Gormila Mago. So um, in my final uh, point uh, unless there's anything else you want to mention I will leave you back to your afternoon I know you're back to look after your business and everything else is going on in your day you've a multitude of tasks and uh, all I'll say is so so honestly thank you so much for being with us today thank you thank you so much it's been a pleasure and I look forward to connecting um, again thank you so much welcome to my world Riff Raff and Rory podcasts. Episodes will be available every Monday and you can listen to the podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. Follow me on Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. All of my handles are in the show notes. Thanks very much. Tune in next week.